A little girl anxiously attached wanting to be loved and with so much love to give reactive when deprived but still very soft she carries the weight of her childhood wounds looking for respite the inner child it screams she says she wants to go home stomping her feet in rebellion this little girl is stubborn i pick her up and hold her tight look closely your home is within you're safe you've reached the shore i am here for you the little girl smiles the creases on her forehead soften she holds my hand we are okay now i wanted to open with this little something i wrote way back in march and i come back to this piece often i'm sure you already gathered that i was referring to my inner child this little girl was programmed to believe that love and appreciation are earned you don't just get it it has to be worked for i am like sisyphus pushing a giant rock uphill ha the endless quest to acceptance by a certain someone so now as an adult looking back at my recent past i realized that that learned behavior bled into my adulthood when you're operating from a place of deficit you feel satiated with breadcrumbs it's like a trail mix of love you nosh on from time to time hoping that the main course will arrive eventually but it never does and that is exactly what happened i watered myself down to make up for someone else's inadequacies I feared getting divorced at 30. I feared starting over, and I was driving myself crazy in thinking that I wouldn't be able to stay afloat on my own. But I made it to the other side, and so can you. I am trying to be positive, and I'm sure that over the last couple of days you've noticed some very specific negative comments insinuating that I did something so awful it pushed the other person away. But it almost feels like the topic of who really initiated the divorce is more important and hot than the reasons themselves. My divorce was not mutual, it's a fact. And I'm not saying that either of the families were happy about it. Neither were in favor of it. In fact, both sides grieved this divorce very heavily. These comments threatened to expose my vices and you know i brought this up on a family chat and i think my parents had um a good laugh because they almost started playing a guessing game with me around what these vices could be and i told them consider my response to everything you just listed in affirmative these comments mental health shamed me and they told me that i was serving them half baked cookies and capitalizing on my divorce to build my personal brand a divorce that nearly took my father to the icu half baked cookies i have heard that before and i'm starting to get a bad taste in my mouth 
But also, you know what's shocking in all of this? It was too obvious. The verbiage, the defensiveness, all too familiar. A little too conspicuous, to my surprise. And one line in particular comes to mind amid all this craziness. A guilty conscience doesn't need an accuser. I know this slut-shaming is here to stay. That's just the society we come from. It's always the woman by default, even if you weren't the petitioner. Vices. That's the word that gave it all away. And my heart broke all over again, but not for the same reasons. After all this time, the resentment and bitterness survived and continues to trickle in from multiple fake IDs. I will survive. And I know it was hard for them too, to process this grief. It was evident. I saw the sadness. I saw the lost eyes. And I know that I wasn't alone in this pain. That they were caught in the same tornado. And somehow the song, As It Was by Harry Styles, comes to mind. A song that really described my marriage in the true sense. In this world, it's just us. You know it's not the same as it was. I recently announced my divorce. Many say it was a long time coming. Almost like everyone else knew beforehand that the engine of our ship was faulty and the end was inevitable. We were going to sink. And we did. I've never talked about this before, but... um. I think 2020 or late 2019, I used to get dreams that someone's trying to uncouple us, that I was being dragged to a basement and I was told that, you know, we are going to unmarry you and we're going to marry you after someone else. And I used to wake up in cold sweat and I used to run up to him and say, oh my God, I had the most ridiculous dream. And he said, that was quite ridiculous. (laughs) Who had ever thought that fast forward two years and that's exactly where we would be. But but hey, when one heart breaks, there's another. I still believe in love and I still believe in marriage. I, I don't regret marrying. I don't. But I do regret not jackhammering my own belief system sooner. I regret not asking the important questions up front. I regret not making my non-negotiables clear. I regret not drawing my boundaries. I wish I knew better. I waited for the other shoe to drop for too long when I could have respectfully left. A long time ago. Even before tying the knot. There were signs. I still remember the phone call my mother received 20 days before the wedding. Asking for things to either be cancelled or postponed. My father was down with dengue. I remember how it gripped my mother with panic. There were signs. People could have all sorts of debates around why the divorce happened. But if I really look at the time period, even before we got married, there were signs. And this request was made because, I guess, I was sensitive and I wanted more time on the phone to plan and just, you know, be childish about 
the wedding approaching and I thought everyone felt the same way before they got married. I expected a certain level of excitement but it almost feels like I was inconveniencing people that I was an annoyance. What do you call these things these days red flags? I guess I painted them yellow and I'm sure I had red flags also everyone does. But I have a tendency to look at red flags as a red carpet. I wish I didn't tell myself back then that there isn't enough love to go around because there is. There is. I wish I didn't tell myself that this is the best I can do. Looking back, I realize now that the things that are meant to stay in my life won't leave. If like me you've ever felt like you're too much, remember this. You're not asking for too much. You're asking the wrong person. Heartbreaks suck. I'm sorry if you're going through one right now. But in this moment, I want you to close your eyes, hold my hand, and repeat after me. I am worthy of love. I bring so much happiness and magic to the table. I am not too much. My needs are valid and communicating those needs doesn't make me needy. My reaction to someone's disrespect does not make me crazy. I will not allow them to gaslight me. From now on, I will look for closure in actions, not words. And I will never especially seek it from someone who has hurt me. I know what's in my heart. I know what I experienced. And I have the right to grieve what was and what I thought was going to be my forever. No response to a text is a no. Someone not showing up in a relationship is a no. My partner not putting in any effort to see a relationship therapist is a no. A friend not returning my call for days when I need them the most is a no. That's my closure. I am not going to put work into convincing someone to love me or to stay because I am I am lovable. I will let them walk away. I am no longer attracted to emotional unavailability. I am not going to romanticize the bare minimum. I am not going to reminisce about what was, but instead I'll focus on what they're showing me right now in this moment. Love does not have a thread count of 2. And also love is not supposed to be unconditional. That's a lie. Love is conditional to your partner showing up for you and your relationship. I am never going to put myself in a position to betray myself again. I will not self-abandon at the cost of being in someone else's good books or to water their garden with my tears. I will not be tamed. I will not be intimidated. I will not be stopped, and I will not be groomed to believe that I am less than or cringe-worthy. Never again will I disregard my rational structures. I will listen to my gut. I will operate with an abundance mindset. There is enough love in this world, and the person I'm meant to be with will not pass me. This heartbreak made space for them to come in, and for that, I'm grateful. 
the endless begging stops here, the wishful thinking stops here, the could have, would have, should have thinking stops here, the negative self-talk stops here, telling myself I will never fall in love again stops here, stalking someone who abandoned me stops here. When my bones are too weak to keep me on my feet, I will not abandon myself ever again. I will push myself harder every single day. I will work towards reprogramming my nervous system and I will come out of this stronger. I will walk away from what was respectfully and I will be excited to build my forever. If you've recently been through a heartbreak, stop begging people to stay. If someone is telling you in a thousand different ways that they're not invested in building a future with you, please walk away. You don't want to be in a brokered relationship. Their lack of communication, their inability to show up, their inability to have difficult conversations, their avoidance, the silent treatment they give you is rooted in shame. It has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. And while you have love and compassion for their childhood wounds, you cannot do the work on their behalf. You cannot fix them. You cannot transform a frozen wasteland into a lush forest. They have to be their own son. I know, I know you have this burning desire in your heart to transform them somehow and convince them to accept your love. It's not going to work. All you can do is focus on your triggers, better understand your attachment style and get more in touch with why you exist the way you do in this world. The environment that made you sick is not the environment that will make you healthy again. If you're staying at a table after being dishonored and devalued, then that's on you. Do not fall for someone's potential and what they could be. When you meet people, either accept them at face value or nip it in the bud. Observe them when you meet them. Discuss your fundamentals. Give your relationship a long runway before you decide to marry or enter civil partnership. Understand their family structure and how they fight. Analyze their friends and the kind of relationships they nurture. The environment you put yourself in is your most consequential raw material. And please, don't fall for chemistry over compatibility. The charisma won't last. Charisma is like someone who is heavily perfumed because they're not showering on a daily basis. They just haven't showered in a long time. And that long, wonderful whiff you take when you meet them because they smell so good, it's temporary. So stop catching feelings and start asking questions. Please stop over-indexing on love at first sight. To be honest, it's lust at first sight, usually. And it's love at first insight. You can't always be in spring. I know it feels like you're on a Ferris wheel right now and your stomach is in knots. But guess what? The low points are necessary to get you to the high points. I promise. This is temporary. And hey, every storm eventually runs out of rain. In moments of loneliness, remember my words. I am sitting right next to you, holding your hand. You will be okay. We will be okay. In the meantime, focus on who you're meant to be, not who you're meant to be with.